This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After about a six-hour drive, I finally have arrived in Arizona. Welcome in to Gwen and Chris, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby, uh, together but apart as we uh, begin our 2023 Major League Baseball season. Um, this Get used to this, ladies and gentlemen. This, this is how oh, no! we will see each other for the next, what, seven, eight months. Uh, gentlemen, uh, how's the weather out that way? Oh, it's, oh, it's, just, it's just don't fine. Ask. Don't ask. It's just fine. You know, this five-day rainstorm <laughs> continues to rage on out of control in San Diego County. Cars are driving up on embankments. People are falling off bridges. The wind is blowing buildings down. I mean, you would think this is going to be like the most treacherous five days of our lives. I've never met a guy who, if, if you couldn't tell, attacks meteorologists exact- like he does. I do. I, I really am not a meteorologist fan, I must tell you. Personally, I like meteorologists. Professionally, I'm not a fan of meteorologists. They overreact. They breathlessly tell us how awful these conditions are going to be. Everybody in San Diego gets scared to death, and then nothing happens. And that's kind of the way I, I see it here. I mean, we had a, what did we have a half hour of of hail last night in Poway. Well, we had oh more. my goodness gracious! We had the Braden tweeted a photo of snow at Poway. I just said, did we have a half hour of hail and power? Hail do and you, snow are two different things. Do you listen to do you listen to things? Because <laughs> hail and snow that that are two different things. Hail that freezes and sticks on the ground makes not it look snow. like it makes it look like snow. It was not snowing in Poway last night, <laughs> Mister Wannabe Meteorologist. Yeah, there's a low pressure system, Chris, listen. that's working in here. Oh, please. Uh, in case low pressure realize... system usually creates heat, by the way. <laughs> Tony's so like... don't sound, don't make yourself sound any dumber than you already sound. I don't think low pressure creates Ooh. heat, by the way. Yeah, that was a lot. That was. That was a, that was a lot. It's it about the weather, Chris. I can't. I, I'm just. I'm just trying to survive these five days. I mean, it, it's awful. There's still three more days left, people, of this horrible rainstorm. That was an epic rant right there. Batten down the hatches. Tony, you made it to, to Peoria. I don't know how you were able to even escape the clutches of town yesterday with the weather I, I, as awful it was, it was supposed to be. I played no games. I went the long way. I went the, the 10 route as opposed to taking the 8. Glad I did go yes, that Yes, because route. the 8 Sounds does like... go through the mountains there. Yes. That, that was, could be uh, a little that... sketchy. Yeah, you know me in, in, in cold weather, so uh, right, I very good. Couldn't, afford, 
couldn't afford to have a car stopped because uh, because of weather. But I made it here. Had the first day, uh, my first day of spring training. It was. Uh, it's always nice to get back into the swing of things and and kind of see the guys and uh, watch some some live BP, watch some PFPs. There's no spring training without a pitcher covering first base a whole bunch of times. Man, this is. Uh, this is this is uh, and then they do it in the you... regular season and they box it up. <laughs> they can box it up at times, but yes. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it was it was fun to get out there today, get to get to rap with Jesse for a little bit. Um, I didn't see our guys at all. I didn't see uh, I didn't see Ben. I didn't see Woods. Oh, I know I didn't why. See Paul. What could why? They were at their Airbnb because it was picture day, and so they weren't going to be able to interview any players. I see. Okay. That's why I didn't see them. No, they were probably but... at the Airbnb because they were trying to stay out of the harsh conditions in Peoria, Arizona. I don't know that I can handle this again today. I don't know. <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul Rindel, speaking of which, will join us in the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, we got a special guest today. Uh, Jess Smith uh, of the Mesa Foundation uh, is going to really educate us all on this NIL deal and, and how these things work. Uh, should be an interesting uh, interview. We have him, now, Scrape, we have him in the 3 o'clock hour or the 2 o'clock hour? 2 o'clock hour, right? Uh, what did I put? You put, put in the 2, two o'clock. o'clock hour. Yeah, he's in the 2 o'clock hour, I thought. Okay, yeah, okay. Just wanted to make sure. Okay. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I thought at some me. point I thought at some point you told me 3 o'clock, but 2 o'clock, 2.40, we'll have uh, Jeff Smith on to educate us on that. Uh, gentlemen, I mean, what did I miss yesterday? Other than the weather uh, rant well, that the, Chris the had. Rant, uh... I, I, I knew that that was coming, ladies and gentlemen, which is why I steered the show right down that alley. I don't know why you did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the other thing that was just uh, – this this had nothing to do with any weather rant yesterday, but Scraby was out there trolling for uh, for uh, tweet hits yesterday. I was not. was not. Yes, you were. Chris and... made me put up a poll during the Big Five. I did. I, during the Big Five, Scraby talked about how – uh, we are potentially in line next year for a new MLS franchise that it's coming down to potentially Las Vegas and or San Diego. The MLS will announce it officially by the end of this calendar year. So we talked about how exciting it might be to have an MLS team in town. Scraby had to go out and suggest that the nickname of the new MLS team ought to be the Chargers. And I just thought that was one of the silliest ideas I've ever heard. used the D word once today. <laughs> he I know, stopped I'm himself. Say, I almost did it again. Um, all right, fine. It was a dumb idea. And Scraby fought back and said, no, I don't think so. I think it would be a great idea to call this team the Chargers. So I said, put up a poll right now. Let's find out. Because I said at least 90% of the people out there are going to say they don't want anything to do with the name Chargers. I must say, in the end, Scraby was proved more correct than I was because mm. over 30% of you out there, and there was, what, five, 600 votes we had in this poll, something no, like that? there's more than that. Even more. Uh, 30% of 2,230 you... votes. All right, 2,230 votes. Give me the percentages as they stand now. Do you have it up to date? Uh, I do. I just All need right. to get to my account because I'm not logged in but on the over computer. Th- I would like to talk to some of you out there today that actually <laughs> said, yes, I would love to have a team okay. in the MLS named the San Diego Chargers. Now, Because I, 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 I can't can... imagine that happening. 
Now, I, I can honestly, I can honestly understand some logic behind it, right? You kind of taking back what you feel. There it is. Was yours? That's the reason. Right? I can, I can understand that. I can understand that. Now, I, I don't necessarily want to have another Chargers, but I can see, I can see, I can see the logic in that at least. Here's the tweet: If San Diego got an MLS team and it was named the San Diego Chargers, would you support the team? Choices were yes, no, and I hate you. And so <laughs> the, I, the you and I hate you. Is, I hate is, you get? That's gravy. Uh, the I hate you was put up there to make sure everybody knows this was kind of tongue in cheek, and I don't think people actually knew that. But I hate you got thirty nine percent, which won the vote. So uh, people don't like me. That's no hilarious. got twenty nine percent. So I'm going to say no and I hate you are the same thing. And then yes did get thirty two percent of over two thousand votes. Those are the votes. people I want to talk to. Those are the people I want to say. Thirty two percent of you would like, apparently, to have an MLS team named the San Diego Chargers. I find that hard to believe. I mean, I just thought that the yeah. name Chargers yeah. was so hated in this town that we would never want anything to do with that in any way, shape, or form. So I had to be standing uh, correctly a little bit uh, in, in that particular poll because I didn't think there'd be any more than 10% that would say yes. So, yeah. scraping. No, I... I, I, I I think when I when Scraby mentioned it to me, I, my initial reaction was, "Man, no one body in their in the in the world in San Diego at least would want to have the Chargers back here again." As the, but then I thought about it, and I was like, "Ah, I can see that kind of being the reason why it's like, ha, that's this is ours. Whoever they, the Los <laughs> Angeles Chargers are up there, I yeah. can see that." All right. Well, it was interesting. Uh, look, it was kind of a quiet day yesterday. There was no NBA. There was yeah. a little uh, reaction to the Aztec basketball game. By the way, you went to one Aztec basketball game this year, Tony. Is that correct? Or maybe more than one. You went to at yeah. least one. Uh, I went to my first. I went to, one. I went to my first on Tuesday night. I had to ask you what you thought. Oh, by the way, Tony, you missed the all-time classic in the unless you saw the Aztec Colorado State game the other night. Did you see? Our... I saw the score. All right, you saw the score, but you didn't see what happened with our favorite referee, Eric Curry. Eric Curry no, was working didn't. the game. Did you see him run over the Colorado State player <laughs> and create a turnover that led to points for the Aztecs? It did. Oh, he helped us. He helped us. He was trying. Yes. To, he was trying to get back on my good side. He's, but he's, he's he's not being very coy about it. He just went out there and knocked the player <laughs> just... over for Colorado State. And the ball popped loose, and uh, a rope picked it up and went down and scored. And uh, you can only imagine the Colorado State coach went crazy. Um, oh, I bet. I yeah, bet. They were already getting their bus whooped. Yeah, so he didn't I need Eric Curry. Curry. The happy. Aztecs truly did not need Eric Curry <laughs> to help them out the other night. But it is just funny to me how often Eric Curry gets involved in this kind of stuff, uh, one way or the other. Yeah. But the one thing I wanted to ask you, because you actually did – you led this cheer when it was in its heyday. And I'm talking oh, yeah. about yeah, the, I believe. I believe that we can win. I believe that we can win. I believe that we will win. That one. Because you actually got yeah. the great honor, how many years ago? Maybe five or six? Oh, yeah, probably around that. Five or six. That yeah. Was about right. I mean, because that cheer was the most emotional moment before game time at any Aztec home game. Well, they did the I believe that you can win chant, we will win chant the other night, and I hate to say it, 
because I love the kids in the show, and they bring it every night, and they make for a great atmosphere. But I'm starting to think that the I believe that we will win chant has kind of run its course. The really? people, the people in the arena, did not get into it. The only people, yeah, I mean, the, the only people jumping up and down and really, you know, screaming it were the were the people in the show. It used to reverberate throughout the entire arena, and I, I just wonder if anybody going to Aztec basketball games thinks the same as I do. I hate to say it because I, well, mean, I mean, I love the original that, idea of that chant. Well, I think that it. it depends on the type of crowd you have i mean i don't necessarily think the chant is dead but if you got like a a, a non-energetic fan base in there at that time on that day yeah uh because you gotta remember the kids are the one that really get that thing get that yes. thing rolling it's i know the young that. it's the young folks and then and then you gotta have everybody else get involved maybe it was just one of those days because i i know the day i went and it wasn't even like super packed it was still a you you it liked still it. A deal. All right, so good. Okay, yeah. maybe I just caught it on a bad night. Maybe bad I night. Well, yeah, we we we're gonna have to pay attention, close attention to that because you know once a a, a chant has run its course, now it yeah it can be a, a quite the the deading type of deal. Right. <laughs> it didn't you, seem to bring the same excitement that it used to. I mean, I used to when I used to be in that arena, and they would do the "I believe that we will win" chant. I would honestly get chills just being in that yeah. arena. Yeah. And that didn't happen the other night. So I wonder, you know, maybe it was just kind of a quiet night. It was Colorado State. We knew we were going to crush them. Right. People weren't as geeked up for that game as some of the other games. Maybe that was let's it. At least hope that's, let's at least hope that's what it was. I hope so. All right, <laughs> good it, point. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, uh, lots to talk about today, at least. NBA back in, in action today, Lakers on prime time, of course, as usual, we'll play Golden State later on. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about. We'll have some sound from Bob Melvin. Cole Hamels make his debut in spring training today. You'll get it all here on Gwen and Chris. More on the way. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back. We're underway. It's the Gwen and Chris program at 2.20 on a Thursday afternoon. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby together in our Odyssey Palace studios. Tony Gwynn Jr., with the Padres in Peoria, Arizona, site of spring training, on the eve of the first spring training game. Of course, tomorrow the uh, Padres and the Seattle Mariners will uh, go head-to-head. Uh, in the first spring training contest of 2023, they'll get underway at noon, and uh, Jesse and Tony will have the call for you right here on 97.3 The Fan. But, uh, Tony, right now, give us a little feel for uh, what you're seeing in Peoria. Bob Melvin, of course, met with the media today. We can play some of that. Cole Hamels uh, had his first yeah. meeting with the media today and was quick to um, to mention my partner in some of his remarks. We'll hear those coming up shortly, but uh, give me your uh, give me just kind of your overall uh, your feel here on day number one. I did a lot of watching today. I didn't um, I didn't you know I I, I said hello I, you know gave out the bro hugs and and, and saw <laughs> some of the you know guys who you know. <laughs> I spent uh, pretty much all every day with. Uh, is that the, is the that season. the same way you greet Scraby each day you see him in the studio? Scraby, do we? No, we don't, no, we don't bro hug Scraby, because I don't like Scraby, when people touch yeah, me. Yeah, Scraby doesn't like Scraby to be doesn't want anybody to touch him. When, when Tony gets imagine, next to me, imagining having to coexist with a human I will being purpose, like this, I sometimes I'll come in early to to like prep. And I'll like purposely like get in his body. I, I know you I, do that, and you can I, I you know, can feel I the know, anxiousness. No, <laughs> you can feel his body heat start to start to rise. In my head, I just keep thinking, when he is this dude going to move away? You know, he goes into a complete panic. And I told him that uh, <laughs> that on the road uh, with the Aztec women's basketball team, I have a roommate. And one day uh, last week or a week or so ago, Scraby asked me. How do you? How does that work? How do you like? How do you like <laughs> live with a roommate? Work? And I'm like, what do you mean? Work? I don't know. We we go in, we hang out, we chit chat a little bit, we get on our phones, we watch videos, we go to sleep. That's pretty much how it works. He goes, I don't think I could have a roommate. I, I, I get kind of scared around other people. Uh, I, I kind of freaks me out. I mean, I, you I definitely talk in, said you don't think you could have another. Roommate. Yeah, yeah. I, I talk that. in my sleep, so sometimes it's uh, you know, one time I woke up in the middle of a nightmare and my roommate was like bro you're freaking me out just go back to bed hey, oh my gosh i have the greatest story of all time i don't know we'll let you get we'll get back to our show here in a second but i you know i stayed with roommates for a long time um and i remember one year i was staying with there was like four of us prince was one of them um and <laughs> prince used to snore like oh. really loud <laughs> And one of my one of the dudes who was who was who was laying on the couch because we were like split. It was like a three bedroom with like four of us, right? And so uh, <laughs> at one point, I just remember him getting up in the middle of the night. Come, it goes, 
Come on, bro. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to knock that off. Like a regular <laughs> conversation. <laughs> and and it was almost if Prince was like aware of it. He he woke up out of a dead snore and was like, "I'm sorry, man. I can't. I, I I'm really trying. <laughs> really trying to snore. <laughs> there isn't a whole lot anybody can do about it. No, that. there really is. No, but man. that's hilarious. Really yeah. Well, that's that's uh, that's what Scraby's concerned about. Um, I will tell you, Scraby, one day when. When you get married, and I'm keeping alive that hope and opportunity Thank for you. Thank you, at least one person. You are, you <laughs> are gonna, keeping you alive, are, You said. are at that point, you are going to have a roommate. So you may have to learn how That'll to share a room with another That's person. Okay. So, uh, but he's not into it right now. Um, <laughs> Cole Hamels. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to Cole here in a second, but I want to talk about Bob Melvin or from here from Bob Melvin because there is an available outfield spot for the Padres opening day roster. We assume... Uh, with Fernando Tatis Jr., you know, obviously not available the first 20 games. That opens up a spot. And we kind of all assume that that spot's going to go to David Dahl, uh, the former Rocky, or Adam Engel, the former White Sox. Uh, both have been signed. Uh, Engel's got a major league deal, does he not, Tony? As, I believe he does. Yeah, as opposed to Dahl, I think it was a minor league signing. But uh, here's Bob Melvin discussing the uh, potential available spot in the Padres outfield. With the outfield spot on the opening day roster, at least until Fernando comes back, you know, the options like Dahl, Azokar, what are the attributes you're looking for, for for potentially that position in a player? You know, look, the, the, we, speed, dynamic, whether it's a lefty or righty, depending on the rest of the composition, certainly health's going to play a part in what the roster looks like at the end. You can say all you want right now about what you think it's going to look like, but typically it changes during spring. Um, you know, how much Carpenter's going to play is a left-handed bat on the bench more, pre- you know, so there, there are a lot of things that, that play into it. But we do have some depth. I mean, you know, Angle's a little bit behind, but, you know, he's a guy that, that plays that role too. He can play center field well. He's a good defender. He can pinch run too. So it's it's there are a lot of guys that we'll, we'll look at for that spot, but it, right now, I, I, I that's about as succinct as I can be for you. Yeah, that's pretty succinct for Bob Melvin. Uh, it's also a very good question asked by the great Sam Levitt, who seems to spend you know what's more... interesting. Yeah, you know what's interesting is I, I was standing right there, and that's the first time I heard the question. Honestly, like really? it is so loud. The music is oh, so loud. Oh, it is that you can't. So I, I heard the answer, and I just and Sam just sounded like he was going me 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 the whole time because <laughs> of the music. And so I didn't know what the question was. That was a really good question. Oh, Sam. Sammy right. Levitt is just he's taking over the world. I, he I'm is, telling man. you, we he's on this show constantly. I think people when they hear he's going to be on this show, I think our listening audience triples. Uh, it's just uh, it, there's something about Sam Levitt. I I I I just know myself. I try to be as nice as I can to him because yeah. I think he's going to go to like the greatness that I would once aspire to. He's and, definitely he's he's definitely on the elevator going up. Yes, right now, he's on sure. the elevator going up. I'm on the elevator probably holding steady on the sixth floor if you're on the elevator on the sixth floor i'm holding on to your foot trying to get to you're the just sixth trying floor. to hang on but he's 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 skyrocketing up the uh up the ranks uh all right here's bob melvin talking in more in general about the padres bullpen situation as of today i believe it's coming like the bullpen 
places, the place or places that are available. Are any of these kind of starter types in the mix for maybe as a swingman, or how do you do that? I know it's early, but like for sure, yeah. You know, when you have a six-man rotation, seven-man bullpen, and some days somebody's going to have to wear it for a few innings, and that needs probably needs to be a spot that you can flip out some. So whether it's guys with, you know, options, whether it's starters, um, any anything's open. Like the bullpen. So uh, there's your bullpen, and again, you know, we're giving you what Bob Melvin is saying, and it, spring training games still haven't even started, so he really can't say a whole lot. And he's not saying a lot, but it does seem that the more he talks and the more I listen to him, Tony, that six-man rotation is what's yeah, on his happening. mind. It's happening. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't even asked about the rotation. Right. He was asked about the bullpen. Yes. And and then he, he said, he with a six-man rotation. Yeah. So, it yeah. It's, it's sounding <laughs> more and more like that's what he would like to go with. So I think, we'll, I think that's the direction that they're heading. Do you think about now – you know, at one point, it seemed, I don't want to say it seemed silly, but it didn't seem, it seemed a little off to talk about six-man rotation, but with the additions uh, of of Waka, with the addition of Hamels, um, you already had Martinez, Seth Lugo in that mix, probably you're going to have Morty Hone in that mix, so you have the arms to do it, and um, they had success doing it like that last year, we'll see. Um, if they can repeat it, but it does sound like, although he, you're right, he's not saying much. That is probably the most concrete thing you've gotten out of it because this isn't the first time we've heard him mention six man rotation. Yes, that either. was a telling comment right there, actually, by Bob Melvin. You should uh, star uh, mark that one, Scraby, to go back to for further uh, for further uh, evaluation, maybe perhaps yeah, later yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, all right, final quote before we get to our, our break at the bottom of the hour. This is the newly signed Cole Hamels. And, of course, we all know he went to a high school here in San Diego County, Rancho Bernardo High, and he's gone on to a great career, uh, had a great career, and he's, he's, he says he's not done with his career. And uh, as such, he signed a minor league contract with the Padres. Now, Bob Melvin said yesterday that Cole Hamels will not be pitching in a spring training game. Uh, here is what Cole Hamels had to say today. And you may recognize one of the names he refers to later on in this clip. Ah, I mean, this is, you know, just kind of something where when you're a kid, I think just to play Major League Baseball is something that's so incredible. And if, if you ever get that opportunity and then to play for your hometown, um, you know, just fortunate enough to be able to do it as long as I have and to get this opportunity. And, you know, just with San Diego and, and you know, I, I completely understand it. Very real in knowing that you know I've had a great career and I'm just trying to hang on and make the best of it one last time. Uh, and this is just you know to have a final chapter in what I'm doing and the opportunity to do it in San Diego. Uh, I do know I, I've got to earn every step of the way, and I'm here to do that. Uh, and it's this it, is special because you know to walk into this clubhouse, growing up as a kid, you know to put a, a jersey on. Uh, you know, with San Diego Padres, and, and to see you know guys that I grew up idolizing in Hoffman, and you know played with uh, you know Tony Gwynn Jr. all through uh, you know little league and high school, and you know obviously a big fan of his dad. So this is just it, it's special, and I'm taking it one day at a time, and just making sure I make the best of it. 
Shout out. Shout out. Uh, and, and you know what? The name Tony Gwynn Jr. followed the word idolized. Yes, it did. Very closely. I, I think there was like idolized Trevor Hoffman and then played with Tony Gwynn Jr. There was you no distinction. Right I was... I was close. I was close to idolizing. You were almost right? close like that. to him I was, idolizing. I was yes. within about three or four words there, and it yes, would have been on. It would have right. been, been popping. Very now, good. I think I was just. I just think I was fresh on his mind. I, I had probably. I think I had just spoke with him. We chatted for about five minutes. First of all, I tell you this: he is in unbelievable shape. I remember when I when I got a chance to play with him in Philly, and being in the locker room for with him for the first time, I realized, man, he's he's pretty cut up. Uh, not only now, it, but he he was lean, right? He was he was slender. Now he he's got he he's, he puts a muscle on. As he put, has said, I had two years to, where I could wasn't doing anything but watching kids and and lifting weight, <laughs> lifting yeah, weights. Right. He's in tremendous shape. The ball was coming out nice in his bullpen, and you know, as he said, he, he's realistic about um, you know what's going on here, and he he just is hoping to extend his career. He looked good at least in the bullpen today for sure. Well, uh, I've been shortchanging him the last few days because every time we've talked about him, I've mentioned the fact that he's the 2008 NL NLCS MVP. The one thing I haven't mentioned is that he also went on to win the World Series MVP that year. Yeah. I didn't recall yeah. that. Uh, the year the Phillies beat Tampa Bay, uh, Cole Hamels was also the World Series MVP along with the yeah, NLCS he carved us MVP. Up in, he carved us up in the uh, DS series. You went uh, against him in the D, in the uh, yeah in the playoff leading up to all of that. Yeah, it was, when you uh, were with the Brewers was, that year. Yeah, two thousand eight. That year, I can't. I'm trying to remember if it, if he pitched game one or two, but he was he was he was tough. He, he was on fire. Except, I think in he that pitched. Postseason. I think he pitched game one. I think he pitched game one. Well, he was on fire in that in that two thousand eight postseason. Uh, game one, eight innings, two hits, one walk, nine Ks. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that he carved right. you up pretty good indeed. <laughs> he also went two and zero against the Dodgers, and then went one and zero against Tampa Bay in getting the World Series MVP. So yeah, he yeah. was four and zero total in that 2008 postseason. Can that really be 15 years ago? <laughs> My goodness, Dude, it doesn't seem like it was that long. All right, uh, we're yeah, going to find out a little bit more about the. Uh, NIL. It is the uh, name, image, and likeness that is taking over college sports. I think all of us hear it. We don't know a whole lot about it. We're going to find out more about it when we come back. Jeff Smith of the Mesa Foundation is going to help us learn. So uh, get your uh, get your uh, textbooks out and uh, your pencils and notepads, and uh, we'll come back with more Gwen and Chris in a minute. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. <laughs> 2.39 on the clock. Tony Gwynn June, Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. Class is in session, ladies and gentlemen. We often talk college sports, and you can't really talk college sports in today's day and age without talking about NILs. And quite frankly, I'm as uneducated on NILs 
as most people are. Yeah, I thought and, it was uh, a new statistic that they came up with to uh, <laughs> to grade uh, NFL people's analytics or something. You know, I right totally confused. Yeah, no. So you know, we're, we hope to kind of clear up some of that confusion here with our next guest joining us. On the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline, Jeff Smith of the Mesa Foundation. Now, Jeff, thank you for coming on and, and kind of uh, coming on and, and, and really educating us on, on how all this works. Now, before we get into how uh, the Mesa Foundation is a little bit different from some of the other uh, NIL deals that we, we hear about, first, tell us a little bit about how NILs work um, for the college athlete. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on, first of all. Um, yeah, this is a, it is a big topic, and, and uh, it comes with a lot of uh, preconceived opinions, uh, a, a lot of folks. I think the vast majority of people have uh, a similar perspective that the two of you do, which is, you know, we hear some of these, these big numbers tossed around with, with athletes, primarily college football players, and, and uh, you know, a lot of us have strong opinions. Uh, about the uh, purity of college sports, let's just say, um, you know, and, and so the NIL is is a huge subject within college sports. It's not just the football players you see on television. It's something that's kind of permeated into all the the major sports. Um, what we're doing at Mesa and and then and what we hope to talk to you a little bit about today is is uh, is our version of it. But you know, we've gotten to a point here that uh, I think. It's fairly undeniable that NIL is here to stay. Uh, it had original intentions on compensating athletes for their name, image, and likeness, and that's really what it's about. But it's grown into uh, no surprise into something much more organized and and uh, and and, and uh, touching every sport and really touching every every major university, at least in the uh, in the in the primary conferences. Jeff, uh, you know, you just mentioned what it was kind of designed for the NIL, and then you kind of touched on the fact of what it's grown into. Is the NIL something that more than just star college athletes can take advantage of? We hear about some of the big deals that are signed uh, by some of the big time stars even before they get into college. Um, is it something that you know, as you mentioned a little bit, the somebody on the the women's lacrosse team can take advantage of somebody on the, you know, whatever it is, uh, volleyball team can get in on. I mean, it, it, is this more overreaching than we hear about? It is for sure. Yeah, you only hear about the stuff that makes the news. As I said, the bigger names and these multi-million-dollar agreements that uh, that athletes are, are making, both with businesses and you know local businesses. Uh, you see Dr Pepper commercials and car dealership commercials and those kind of things. But every every college athlete now has the right to go earn, uh, uh, be compensated for uh, promoting businesses or selling their jerseys or doing all of those different kinds of things. But it's, you know, as, as you know, it's a it's referring to the NCAAs in, in general as a, it's a big entity. There's a lot of schools. There's a lot of athletes. And, you know, there are ver- various versions of, NIL uh, organizations and NIL opportunities for these athletes. I think when you get down to the smaller sports, the the you know the the ones that maybe don't generate as much revenue, don't aren't on television as much, and you know you, you really it's easy to identify college football and college basketball. Those other sports they have 
certainly opportunity, but but it is a free market, and so their their ability to be compensated is based on the perception of demand. Um, it has it has turned into something. There are other collectives that are working for San Diego State. Ours is the only uh, pure nonprofit, 501c3. We'll talk about that. I hope uh, in a little bit, but. There are other organizations that have been set up that are other created to try to link athletes at San Diego State who are interested in monetizing their name, image, and likeness with local businesses. And uh, those are those are starting up. I hope that they have success. You'd, you'd like to see each one of these athletes experience these, these kinds of uh, opportunities. I'm not so sure how quickly it'll get there, given the fact that NIL is as new as it is, only just a bit over a year and a half old. But yes, all athletes have the ability to go uh, earn compensation for their name, image, and likeness, which was really the primary intent when it was uh, when the NCAA ruled on it and uh, and put it in as a as a policy about a year and a half ago. Jeff Smith, Mesa Foundation, joins us here on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline. And Jeff, let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about what makes the Mesa Foundation um, different than some of the other NILs. So there's a uh, there's a terminology that's thrown around for what is effectively is uh, an organization that that is particularly interested in one school and supporting that school and that's called a collective. I don't know if you guys have talked about collectives. Um, they're essentially boosters or business owners or folks that are involved in the community. Who, as I said, in our instance, San Diego State is something that most of the folks that started up Mesa either attended or or are uh, season ticket holders or have uh, friends in the program, but we're all Aztecs and we all care about San Diego and the community. Um, when ours started up, we heard some of these crazy stories that we talked about happening. And because we're a state school, as opposed to some of the private schools, you, uh, you really see a lot of the private schools where the boosters and the supporters and the folks in the community have been waiting in the wings, waiting for this kind of thing to be effectively made legal and so they create these collectives where they raise funds and they compensate athletes to go do different things. Some of those things are for-profit businesses connecting with local businesses, and they determine the market value of those appearances and those opportunities. When we started talking to the coaching staff, uh, really basketball-driven for now, just based on kind of time and resources and, and getting the, the word of mouth out and starting up Mesa, what was important to Coach Dutcher and Coach Velasquez and the rest of the coaching staff was they didn't want any dissension in the locker room. They didn't want this to be the tale of the haves and the have-nots. And they really didn't ever see themselves and want to see themselves being a situation when they were pursuing athletes and, and throwing out these extravagant dollar amounts that would really kind of change the culture of San Diego State basketball. We're a, we're a school that gets a lot of athletes that transfer over. We play an unbelievable level of defense. It's really about team. We got a lot of players, particularly this year, that are taking advantage of the extra years that they can. You know, we've got fifth-year seniors across across the uh, the lineup. I think we've got four of them on the team. And so the coaches said, "Hey, we want to do something, but it's really important for us to connect to the community." Coach Fisher was involved in some of these early conversations, and what was created was the Mesa Foundation, which we uh, we were able to get our 501c3 status. We take the athletes on now the both the women's and the men's basketball team and create partnerships with local charities and local organizations. We've tried to start with the ones that are the most prominent names that folks in San Diego would recognize. We had a food bank event 
Um, obviously, for for San Diego State basketball, ALS is is something that is uh, is of particular importance. Given um, Mark Fisher, Coach Fisher's son, um, we were at that event. We helped increase the uh, the amount of of uh, money that was raised leading up to it through the players posting <clears throat> on their social media websites and being there. Um, raise awareness of those kinds of organizations. We had a big clinic about a week and a half, two weeks ago uh, for boys and girls club and local San Diego youth, the basketball clinic where all the, the men's and half of the women's uh, players are there coaching with uh, one of our board members who's a former guard there, DJ Gay. And uh, we've got one coming up with Camp Pendleton Youth. We've got one coming up in the summer with Native American, uh, the intertribal sports youth camp. And we expect that to be in the range of 200, 250 kids. And so it's really cool. Obviously, there are some very good things about what they're doing for the community. But getting back to what Mesa was, Mesa was a San Diego State, very modest version of NIL where we knew, based on what the coaches were telling us, none of us really want to be doing this, right? We want to go back and say, can we rewind NIL and make this thing go backwards and go back to the way it was? It's not going backwards. And if we can just come to that conclusion that it's here to stay – and that now there's this thing that needs to be answered in order to continue to help our school, our basketball team, and hopefully other teams at San Diego State be competitive. We've got to do something like this. And the version that we came up with was very San Diego State-like. As I said, these guys are in the community. They're getting paid a little bit. Um, they make these appearances. They're involved in social media posts. It's all charity-based compensation for their appearances. Jeff Smith is with us from the Mesa Foundation, uh, kind of uh, giving us a, some background, some information on this whole NIL thing and what's happening locally here at San Diego State. Uh, let me ask you, where is the NIL headed? You said we're not going back. Where, where is it going to go, do you see, maybe in the next four or five years, A? And the second part of that question what areas is still need to be cleaned up? Are there any some areas where it, the NIL has kind of had unintended consequences that would be better to be straightened out along the way? Yeah, that's it. It is such a loosely defined. There's just a couple rules. It's not supposed to be pay for play, and and so it's, there's a real clear uh, line drawn on on that regard. And I know probably a lot of folks are listening, saying, "Well, hold, hold on a second. Isn't that kind of exactly what it is? And I think that uh, if you really scrutinize in some instances, you know, because there's so such a difficulty in defining the market value of an athlete's appearance, it's uh, it's the athlete monetizing his name, image, and likeness. And and so, you know, from that standpoint, there are there are kind of a there's no upper end when you hear about some of the the big deals that are going going down. And 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 I think that in a uh, perfect world there'd be a way to sort of reel that in on some level because there will be the tales of the haves and have nots i think the the biggest concern that we have the one that that is is uh, the most troubling is that because this has gone to a um, such an organized level and these collectives have taken off in different parts of the country um, and the school and the coaching staff can't run this and uh, there's another clear point about this is this you know the school can help promote it the school can introduce us to people that might be interested in supporting us um, but the school can't run it but yet because of the organization of these collectives and because so many schools are running with it you hear stories about football teams in the pac-12 if that's where San Diego state's headed or basketball teams in the big 12 and football teams in the big 12 where athletes are being paid 
very specific dollar amounts in kind of this predictable, underwritable form. And that from a competitive standpoint, when the coaches are talking to their existing players, that if they don't have one of these robust, capable, in-place programs, that again, they can't, they can't run it, but yet it's a requirement of their program being successful, then they're in a pickle. You know, these players have options. And uh, every single conversation that the coaches are having today involves the discussion about what is the NIL arrangement at your given university. And so I think the fact that that isn't defined because there isn't a cap on those things is concerning. Um, You can see that in a free market uh, uh, environment that you will see different universities that start to perform better because their local support, the boosters and the folks that have really been giving to the university for so long understand that this is a requirement for the program to maintain its position or potentially even become more successful. And so if you're in a, if you're in a market where that's the response, your school will respond well, your collective will perform well, and you're likely to, to retain and attract players. You know, there's a whole other conversation about the transfer portal, but when you sprinkle those two things together, <laughs> yeah. it's just a lot, guys. You know, it's a lot, and it's concerning yeah. for Aztec fans, I think, I just want to hear, have them make sure that they hear me say, and, and really it isn't me, it's the coaching staff saying we need help. You know, we can't do anything about this other than to tell you the sincerity of whether we'd like it to go away or not. We need help from the community. We need people to be involved. And, uh, and that's all they can do is explain how, how critical and how real it is to the future success and how immediate the program will change despite the commitment and the culture that they've created for the last, you know, couple decades plus. No, no doubt about it. Well, Jeff, uh, we, we certainly appreciate you coming on and, and kind of educating us on how it all works. Certainly, folks out there who listening, if if you want to be a part of it, you want to help out, check out the Mesa Found excuse me Mesa Foundation SD dot org uh, to get more info. Jeff, again, thank you for your time, man. We'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Thanks Jeff. So much, guys. I appreciate it. I think if I took a test on the NIL now, I would go from getting an F minus to at least a C plus. I feel like I have a little bit of an idea now. I mean, it's so confusing, but there's no way I could be ready to get an A on it. But I could do better That was was Jeff Smith, Mesa Foundation, on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. It it is... um, it is interesting, right? Because with the NIL, I mean, based on these these collectives that that Jeff was talking about, you know, there are schools that already before NILs ever came that were huge boosters, yeah, right. And and, and now you can basically direct those boosters into one spot, and you could see how, as he said, it down in the future, and even possibly now, there'll be places that outperform other schools. Yeah, if you don't have a strong collective NIL situation, you're going to you're not going to be able to keep up with the Joneses as it were. No. Other schools no. are going to pull away a... from you and they're going to get all the good athletes. You've got to in this day and age, you've got to stay in there and compete. Yeah, it is what it is now. All right, let's get to break. Three o'clock hour on the way. Daily Gambit. More Gwen and Chris. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 